the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Thursday morning. We're so glad that you are tuning your heart to the truth with us. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damian Collado and Alicia Quibido. Hey guys, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Salute. <laughs> today, today is Thursday already. This week is kind of sort of fun, by. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of, like every year, like the entire year. So right, far. it's already the 2nd <laughs> of March. And it's the Feast of St. Agnes of Bohemia. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bestow on us, we pray, O Lord, a spirit of always pondering on what is right and of hastening to carry it out. And since we cannot exist, may we be enabled to live according to your will. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, St. Agnes of Bohemia, pray for us. Pray for us. We have a great show for you today, starting off with some events in your listening area. We will give you details about. You can also submit an event for free at our website at ccmedia.live. Click on events and news. We will talk about it on Wake Up and post it on our events calendar. In 18 minutes, Terry Poplova joins us. He's a director of strategic expertise at ACS Technologies, but today he's talking about a study on post-pandemic tithing. Quite interesting findings, so we'll talk to Terry a little bit more in depth about that. In 35 minutes, David Dawson Jr. joins us. Dave is a director of the Office of Parish Support for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. And today we are talking about cultivating wonder in your marriage, especially toward your spouse. So every Thursday he joins us to talk about marriage and family life. And today is that topic. It's going to be a good one with Dave. And in 48 minutes, we're taking it over to Brother Martin High School in New Orleans. Thomas Maver joins us. He's a faculty formation and English instructor over at Brother Martin High School in New Orleans. And we're talking about the joy of the resurrection essay contest and to get a little update on how they're doing over there at Brother Martin. So looking forward to hearing from them and this very popular essay contest if your child wants to participate. So looking forward to today's show and Damian, looking forward to a weather update from you. And you know I'll always have one, whether you want to hear it or not. Uh, But one thing is for sure, the weather has been fantastic. We've been blessed uh, pretty much this entire Lenten season so far, and it looks like it's going to continue at least through Sunday. Today, cloudy with a slight chance of rain, maybe 15%. Winds continue to blow out of the south at 15 to 20 miles an hour. So we're actually getting a nice little cool summer breeze already, even though it's not even spring. High is going to be 86 uh, for tomorrow. 
uh, through Sunday, plenty of sunshine. The winds are going to shift a little bit, but they're still going to be blowing at about 10 to 20 miles an hour. High Friday should be 76 for Saturday and Sunday. The high is going to be around 80. No rain expected. So make your big plans for the weekend, whether it's with family, whether it's going to watch some baseball games, whatever it might be. Just wear some sunscreen and a cap if you've got hair like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Temperatures in and around the area, everybody in the 70s. Biloxi and Baton Rouge reporting 72 degrees. It's 73 in home of Thibodeau. Warm spot, New Orleans right now, 74. If you want to call that warm, I call it comfortable. And Covington at 71. That's the temperatures that you're going to experience and also our forecast. Don't go too far. We have the gospel coming your way as well as some events, including fish fries. You're going to want to get uh, uh, take advantage of uh, when Friday comes around. Don't go too far. It's Thursday morning, 5 after on Wake Up. Thursday morning. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel is taken from Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said to his disciples, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you would hand his son a stone when he asked for a loaf of bread, or a snake when he asked for a fish? If you then who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. This is the law and the prophets. We've heard the gospel and now we reflect. In today's gospel, Jesus teaches us about perseverance in prayer. He instructs us not to give up when our prayers apparently go unanswered, or when dryness is pulling us in the opposite direction. We often think of prayer in terms of asking, which certainly has an important place in prayer. But at its core, prayer is our love language with God. And therefore, the frequency and the intensity of our prayers is a good measure of our love for God. Those who love little, pray little, if at all. Those who love much, pray frequently, even continuously. There should be a balance between our desire to pray and God's desire to give. Desire must be matched with desire, but often all the desires on God's part. He longs to envelop us in his love. Our yearning to receive must match his yearning to give, and therefore we must become perpetual beggars at the door of God's heart. Often, however, we discover that we are distracted by other loves that hold places of honor in our heart. In addition, we must submit ourselves to the long process of waiting as we frequently repeat our requests day and night. We need to learn from God's silence to trust, to ask for better things, and to patiently wait for Him to infuse His own Spirit into our hearts. As the Holy Spirit begins to act, we begin to embrace in love the Father's only begotten Son, who from deep within us asks the Father for everything that we truly need. When we allow the prayer of Jesus and the Holy Spirit to become identical with the prayers breathed in our own heart, 
then our every request is fulfilled in the manner that Jesus describes here. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. The Father is so boundless in his goodness that he is incapable of giving us anything less than his own divine Son. And when we have Jesus, we have everything worth having. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. 11 after the hour on a Thursday morning and a happy one at that. Welcome everyone back to Wake Up. So glad you could join us. Damian Colano along with Gabby Smith and Alicia Quibito and events. That's right. Get your pen and paper ready because here we go. Uh, there's going to be a married couple retreat coming up March 11th and 12th. And it's a great way to break away, spend some good quality time with your spouse. Uh, then you can join other couples at this retreat at the beautiful St. Joseph Abbey Retreat Center in Covington. As I said, March 11th and 12th. I'm repeating it. So you can put that down. That's that's what next, not this not weekend, this week, but next right, weekend. Right? Yeah. Uh, for more information, and if you'd like to register, it's very simple. Just go to faithandmarriage.org, faithandmarriage.org. Well, here's an event that's coming up this weekend. It is Saturday, March 4th, and it's the New Orleans Men's Conference. So if you missed the Baton Rouge one, or even if you did attend, you will probably not want to miss this one tickets are $45 they're still on sale uh, student tickets are $20 and priests are free there will be a light breakfast lunch and you get a t-shirt uh, it's an incredible <laughs> experience of gathering with 1,000 other men how many 1,000 wow mm -hmm. you're gonna hear from nationally renowned Catholic speakers as well as an opportunity for confession and prayer. You can find out more information and register at nolacatholicmen.com. That's this Saturday, March 4th, nolacatholicmen.com. Yes, and so many men participate in the New Orleans Catholic Men's Conference. 1, so definitely, if you're thinking about it, highly recommend looking into it and maybe attending this weekend over at St. Catherine Siena in Metairie. Well, also, you can set sail with us on our Advent at Sea. It is a cruise to the Caribbean, four-night Western Caribbean cruise on the Carnival Valor, departing from New Orleans on Thursday, December 7th, returning Monday, December 11th, daily mass and confessions at at sea with Father Chris Decker. This is our Advent at Sea, like I said. Uh, you can go to ccmedia.live, it's on our homepage, and you can contact our cruise consultant, Susan, and she will get all of the pricing for you, but you definitely don't want to miss this wonderful opportunity to cruise with your Catholic community media family. All right, and guess what tomorrow is? Friday. Hey, guys, and you know what that means, <laughs> fish fries and yes. a lot of good stuff being mm -hmm. uh, created at Catholic Church parishes all across our listening area. For example, the Knights of Columbus Fish Fry at St. John of the Cross will be taking place from 4.30 to 7 o'clock at St. John the Cross in Lacombe. $12 a plate. Folks, you could get shrimp catfish or a combo you get some smashed potatoes green beans hush puppies 
Ooh, you're going to want to buy two Yum. plates when you show up. <laughs> uh, maybe even more, but it's going to be great. Again, the Knights of Columbus Fish Fry at St. John of the Cross in Lacombe. Also another one, uh, St. John Bosco and Harvey. Uh, the Knights of Columbus there are doing their thing. Uh, from 5 to 8 is when their fish fry is going to take place. And as I said, St. John, uh, Bosco, and Harvey uh, make plans to attend that one as well if you're across the river on the West Bank. Okay, here's the switch. Hey. Shrimp stew. How about that? I like shrimp it. Shrimp stew dinner Friday. That's tomorrow, March 3rd, from 4 to 6 p.m. That's at St. Margaret Queen of Scotland in Albany. Shrimp stew, rice, coleslaw, crackers, and dessert. All for $10 a plate. You can eat in or carry out. That's St. Margaret Queen of Scotland in Albany. That sounds yummy. So oh, yeah. Stew. Well, you know, uh, Father Jamin David's going to be there mm-hmm. probably, too. That's right. So. That's right. All right, folks. It's moving right along. 15 after the hour. Don't go too far. Gabby is going to be chatting with Terry Poplava right here on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for March 2nd. Today we celebrate St. Agnes of Bohemia. By the age of three, today's saint had her life all mapped out for her. As the daughter of the king and queen of Bohemia, Agnes would need to marry royalty herself. And so her parents had her betrothed to the Duke of Silesia. Three years later, the Duke died. As she grew to be a young woman, Agnes showed disinterest in marriage. She declined several offers, including a proposal from Frederick II, the Holy Roman Emperor. Agnes was more interested in doing the work she felt God was calling her to do. She built a hospital for the poor and a convent in Prague for poor Clare nuns. In 1236, when she was in her early 30s, Agnes entered that convent, along with seven other noblewomen. When she was elected abbess, Agnes only accepted the position after some papal pressure had been exerted. Even then, she preferred the title Senior Sister. Agnes made it a priority to join the other sisters in their ordinary daily tasks, such as cooking, sweeping, cleaning, and mending the clothes of lepers. Agnes died in 1282, after spending more than 40 years at the convent she had constructed. Pope John Paul II canonized her in 1989. There's more about the saints, along with inspiration and Catholic resources, at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth on Wake Up This Morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Colado and Alicia Quibido. Our first guest of the day is Terry Poplava. He is the Director of Strategic Expertise at ACS Technologies. And today he's talking about a new study uh, from a partnership between ACS Technologies and Villanova, Villanova University's Center for Church Management, uh, a COVID-19 pandemic on church giving. Um, I've been waiting for a report like this since the pandemic started. I remember talking to my husband and uh, whenever, you know, everything was shut down and we weren't going physically to church, seeing how the effects of church uh, participation and giving would, um, all these studies would come about as far as the pandemic and post-pandemic. So Terry, thank you so much for being with us. What did you find in these studies? Thank you, Gabby, for uh, having me. I look forward to our conversation. We found some interesting things. Uh, we set out uh, to, and let me mention that the Matt Mannion is the director there at the Church Center for Church Management in Villanova, 
a wonderful program uh, where you can, uh, you know, managers can receive, leaders, church leaders can receive a master's in business focused specifically on managing churches. So you get the practice mm-hmm. of business applied to ministry, which is, I think, an awesome program. Mm, um, what we set out to look at was exactly what you're talking about. Since we can observe a decrease in attendance, does that mean also that there's been a decrease in parish collections? That was one mm-hmm. hypothesis. The other was just assuming that larger parishes might be more capable and therefore have more resources that giving would be sustained, you know, presuming electronic giving, et cetera, would be something they can implement better. What we found, in summary, is both of those are false. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, there's one really big piece of good news, though, and that is that overall, uh, giving is up since pre-pandemic levels. Wow. Balanced a little bit with, with inflation, but, it, you know, dollar to dollar, uh, giving has sustained up 16% since before the pandemic. So there's, that's good news and hopeful for us, I think. That's so interesting. And the fact that you said online giving, because I think the fact that a lot of parishes moved to streaming online so we could watch the mass from our home, which was a very interesting time. Um, But that also brought the fact that listeners and viewers from different parts of the country and the world can watch a mass from, you know, a small town in Mississippi, and then they give their donation to that priest because they love the homily and they started watching the mass. So that's, it brought that universality of the Catholic church and media. Um, So, you know, it's, it's quite interesting. So Uh, What have you found with uh, people going back to church? Have you found that the online giving has become the main median of of donations or people are physically bringing in, you know, their envelopes or a cash donation or check? Well, I I think it's a little bit of both. You know, interestingly, we did not in this particular study look at the difference between, uh, you know, cash giving or um, or envelopes in comparison to online giving. So I can, mm-hmm. I can observe some things, but uh, we will be looking at that. Actually, we just started to do that specifically to look at it. But we know, I think we know anecdotally that online giving is a huge component of sustaining mm-hmm. giving over time and that many parishes implemented it over this time. And I have to believe that um, we saw this decrease, a dramatic decrease in the first six months of the pandemic, and then it started to come back in the sex, second six months between fall and winter of 2021. And that it has to be in no small part to the option of online giving. The other thing that we found, though, and so it's not just online giving, is, and this is the, the, I guess you could say the bad news underneath the good news, is that the number of donors is down. Uh, the number of donors mm-hmm. is down. Um, I think I quoted the wrong number before. The number of donors is down, remaining six per, 16%. Giving per person is actually up 24%. I, sorry, I, get the, I got that confused. Um, so we have 16% fewer people giving, but those mm-hmm. fewer people are giving more money. And I think this might tie to what you were talking about, Gabby, that, that we got comfortable with being away um, mm-hmm. and those who are, you know, are invested in sacrificial giving and really have connected giving to their faith, have really stepped up um, and continued to support their parishes. But we have a risk of having lost some people, you know, a, a percentage of people who may not be actually giving, uh, it, even though they're maybe watching online. And I think that, mm-hmm. I, you know, I agree with you. I think being able to uh, join in an online basis the, and, and 
experience different masses in different places is a really wonderful thing. And uh, we need to strive to continue to make that connection to our parishes in the best way possible. Absolutely. And that takes me to my next question. What should parishes, parish administrations, and pastors take away from these studies as far as donations and giving to parish support? So a couple of things. I think, first of all, they, they need to take away that um, there, there's good news in this and there's hope, and we, have a, we do have a core strong group of people particularly if their parish is one that's experiencing the increase, they might think that everything's mm-hmm. okay. Um, and so the real truth of it is it's not really okay looking ahead, that, we, that we're seeing it from fewer people, and it's also, uh, unfortunately, aging people. So we've got kind of a double concern going forward about whether or not we really have the kind of sustained uh, income we need for our parishes. My observation then is a couple of actions could be taken. One is um, if you've lost your connection with the uh, 16 to 24%, 26% who stopped giving, then um, a first action would be to try to identify who they are. Likely they were or are members of the parish and they've stopped being active in their giving. Where's the personal relationship? So the first thing would be like, what's our relationship there? Do we Have we reached out and welcomed them uh, you know, we encourage them to, to remember they're part of our parish community, et cetera. That seems like a first step. And a second one is to really continue to restore this the concept of true stewardship, that we are a gift mm-hmm. we're given, Christ was given, and that this is an expression of who we are. All, of course, all of our giftedness, but financial giving, both through our regular offertory, that sustains the ministry of the parish, Mm-hmm. As our, you know, as our mission here on Earth, and then of course, um, any other particular giving to a, you know, a particular campaign is is as important as well. On the flip side of that, it's really important for our parish leaders to express what's happening in ministry, how the parish is moving forward, and showing signs of outcomes of of the ministry of the parish. And maybe, you know, another step would be to make sure we're using witness talks of people who were affected in the parish and, and have really experienced the, the blessings of what the ministry of the parish is. So That's a good point, Terry. Yeah, and we've seen the effects of the pandemic as well. You know, the churches that were uh, hanging on by a limb closed because of the, uh, you know, decline in donations. But I also am interested in the geographical side of this as well, as far as in the United States. Um, You know, the Northeast compared to the West compared to the South. Were donations different in any of these geographical locations, depending on as far as when churches started reopening? Well, um, let me divide that. There were differences in, in geography. We found, uh, thanks to the expertise of uh, Matt Mannion and his team at Villanova, they, they were able to determine what was actually truly correlated. There is a correlation in location. Uh, the parishes that were in the south, uh, west, and and uh, and southwest, if you will, experienced increases, relative increases. Parishes mm. in the northeast and midwest experienced declines. Mm. Uh, so the, there is a regional correlation. However, there's no impact of size 
regardless of the size, from small to mega church size uh, parishes, an equal number gained and, and equally distributed across uh, that you know that range of different parish sizes in comparison to those that saw a decline. So there was an even uh, sort of gain and, and loss there. There was no correlation in when people went back to church. So in terms mm-hmm. of okay. how the COVID was treated, we did not find a correlation there. Uh, Interesting. There, there seemed to be no, no relative impact, so that the effect was really more really just general location. Yeah, interesting. You know, I love these studies because sometimes they always surprise you. Terry Poplava, Director of Strategic Expertise at ACS Technologies, and we're talking about tithing post-pandemic, a study that we have found with Terry and his team. Where can we go to access the full report and read more about this? You can read more about this at acst.com, and you're saying it so clearly, applecharliesamtom.com slash COVID study. Great. Terry, thank you so much for being with us and looking forward to the next report. Thank you. Grateful to be with you. Absolutely. Interesting talking to Terry. I did link their website in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video. That's facebook.com, and you can search Catholic Community Media. It's Wake Up Thursday, the first post video that you will see on our Facebook page. If you have any questions about this report or any of our guests today, you can message us on Facebook, and we will get that information to you. Uh, But looking forward to speaking to David Dawson Jr. when we return from the break. Every Thursday, Dave joins us to talk about marriage and family life and Damien will be talking to him about cultivating wonder in your marriage toward your spouse so it's going to be a great interview stay with us it is half past the hour on wake up Again, everyone, welcome back to Wake Up 35 After the Hour. Glad you could join us. With us now, David Dawson, Jr., Director of the Office of Parish Support in the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau, here to talk about cultivating wonder in your marriage. And Dave, good morning. And my wife's been wondering what the <laughs> heck happened to our marriage years ago. So help me with that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, you know, one of the things I think that... that uh, that, that brings us into marriage and that really, you know, God kind of created us with this wonder, uh, the capacity for wonder, usually with things that are different, that are uh, incredible, things that, that kind of blow our minds because they're, 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 they're strange, but like in a good way, you know, mm-hmm. it's otherworldly. And when it comes to making us male and female, he didn't have to do it that way, but he did it and we're totally different and we, we wonder at one another and that's what draws us close to each other. That's what makes us want to spend our lives together because we want to be and this sense of wonder, like not just for a moment, but like we don't ever want to leave it. You know, and so the, the idea of marriage in that regard is attractive. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, you know, our human nature, we've got limitations now, our capacity for, you know, uh, being uh, faced with otherness, you know, it, it, we get, it, it wears us out because we kind of go into this kind of survival mode, defense mechanisms and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, like when you're living in a, another country for, you know, more than just a couple of days or another city or place that you're not used to, at first it's great, but after a while you just want somebody to speak English, you know. <laughs> it's it's tough. Your brain starts to get tired 
of the other nest. And it's the same with marriage, that if after a while we start to get tired of the other nest, and so we kind of start uh, sinking into this, this habit of, look, I'm at home, these are the people that are at home, here's my wife, here's my husband, uh, this is what I like about them, this is what I don't like about them, here's what they have to offer, here's what they demand of me. And we kind of just boil down to this list, and depending on how tired we are, you know, that day, that list may get a little shorter uh, the, for the likes and a little bit longer for the dislikes. Uh, you know, we focus on the demands, and either you got something to give me or you don't. You know, or, you know, at best, sometimes we're, we're just really good teammates, and we're working on the same project together. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, what we signed up for in marriage is wonder. You know, and that's what God made us for, is wonder. And our wives and our husbands, no matter how long we've been married, are still an overwhelming mystery to us. And they are someone who is not us, and they are totally different from us. And, like, that can be something that's scary, but it's not meant to be. It's meant to be something that draws us into this infinitely deep mystery. I remember the other day I was uh, praying with Scripture, and one of the things that stood out was, you know, Jesus was talking about uh, the sheep and the goats, and he said, you know, yeah. if, if you welcome the stranger. The welcoming of the stranger was one of the things. And, like, what struck me in that prayer was, like, your wife. This is your wife. I'm talking about your wife here. You've been married for 15 years, but she is a stranger. She's not you. She didn't grow up in the same family as you. She's not like you at all, right? And welcoming the stranger means, like, Look how awesome. You get to share a home and a life with someone who is completely different from you. And, like, she still is. And it's incredible, you know? And it started to blow my mind in that prayer. And then just for the next few days, it was like, this blows my mind. Yeah. She's beautiful. She's awesome. She's unbelievable. She's totally different from me. And, like, I get to spend the rest of my life being faced with just this this beautiful wonder uh, that's walking around my house, you know? <laughs> and Aww. so just an incredible gift that is. But, you know, it, it's easy to lose that. And it's... It, to say that I got to cultivate that doesn't mean I have to make it up or force myself to feel something. Yeah. But when it, I do feel it, I got to like stop right there, dig into that. Yeah. It could become a routine. And what happens is that routine creates uh, a mundane situation. And then that's when people say, oh, man, we've got nothing in common anymore, which yeah. leads me to, I think, now, Forgive me, but I'm a goofy guy, okay? I just like to have fun. I enjoy life. Heck, my introduction to this wonder is a good example. Yes, I know I'm corny, but all of that helps me, I think, be a better husband because I like to try new things. I like to do different things. I like to be goofy sometimes. My wife never knows what to expect. And that can be That's good right. and bad, but at least I keep her on her toes. And she's, she, yeah. and 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 hey, we've been we'll be married forty years come October. Wow. So that's wow. something to say awesome. for about that. And and yeah. I love her for for the surprises that she gives me too. Uh, I think yeah. one thing uh, that would be good and we, and we don't do enough of is now that we don't have kids in the household is is take vacations more. And and we need mm-hmm. to start doing that. Yes. The pandemic kind of shut that down. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm, yeah. I'm trying to open up that can and and get out there Good. and see the world again. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You know, I think I think honestly, time is, is a major factor there. Like you're saying, I think uh, the way we spend our time is important because a lot of times we're looking for wonder, and so we'll sit together and watch a movie, mm-hmm. right? Because that's going to give us a sense of wonder. Uh, but the, the problem is we're losing the wonder that's sitting right next to us. And the assumption is we're going to get it. We're going to get it together, and that's what we're going for. Is we want a shared experience of wonder. Uh, but we're looking for that somewhere else besides one another. Uh, when the truth is that God has given it to us, written right into our very selves. And it's, it's right there. And I think to be able to say, like, yeah, I think we assume sometimes, we, you know, there was a guy who said, 
the the worst thing that some of the worst thing that happened in marriage is you, you you treat your wife like they're a book that you picked up and never really got through because you assumed you knew the ending. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the truth is like is there is no ending. Number one and number two, like you have no idea what's going to happen next. And you're mm-hmm. right, Damien. Like you're going to be surprised if you let yourself focus on that. Like let yourself be surprised. That can be scary if I'm focused on self and, and kind of self preservation defensive, but like. It's also the greatest adventure there is, mm-hmm. you know, and to be able to just, there's, there's, there's no work of art uh, that provides, that can provide such deep wonder. There's no, you know, nature scene that can provide greater wonder than the person sitting right next to me. And that's very true, but it's very easy to lose if I let myself lose it. Yeah. And, and try to keep yeah. fun in the, in, in the relationship on top of that. The other thing is, and, and, and this might be a little more difficult because spirituality uh, everybody's at a different level. I don't care if it's your husband and wife. I don't care if you're in a prayer group. Everybody's at a different level because God communicates right. with you one-on-one in that regard. But how important is it to have God at the center of that wonderment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because he's the source of it, right? He's the one right. that made us. So he's the one that made us for this. But then, two, he's going to be the one to give the disgrace. Like I was telling, Like I was saying earlier with my prayer experience, like I wasn't looking for that. I wasn't saying, how can I have more wonder with my wife this morning? You know, it was, <laughs> and when it said welcoming the strangers, what stood out to me in Scripture, I was not expecting that to go in the direction of focus on my wife. But, man, that God wants us to experience that. He wants to give us that huge gift. And so, like, if I ask for the grace to cultivate wonder, God's going to do that in me and for me and give me eyes to see what I've been missing. Because I've been blind. I've been missing it. And if I'm focused just on the project, then, like, that's not what we're made for. We're not made for, for to, to be robots just cut and get through tasks. And so God wants to give us the grace just to have wonder when it comes to our spouses and to see them and just be surprised and be in awe of like, wow, you are so different. I have no idea what's even below the surface, but man, I want to go there. And so, yeah, the grace will be there. And I think that's, that's a huge key. And, and, you know, when we're praying together, that's another thing. When we're praying together, mm-hmm. you assume that you know the other person. You start praying together and you begin to see like there's so much more there. And God starts mm-hmm. to reveal it uh, when he starts interacting with both of you together. Yeah. Yeah. And last but not least, maybe do something uh, together, whether it's uh, the new uh, catechism in a year, Bible in a year, or just Bible study. Uh, I I think that's healthy. In the last minute, any comments regarding that? Yeah, I think, honestly, one of the big things that I've found is praying with Scripture together, like kind of both read through it, and then we'll share what stood out to us, and then maybe what what we feel like God is telling us in this. And so that way, not only do I get a glimpse of, like, the, the different otherness of my wife, I get to see God interacting with that which is even more mystery and even more surprising. It's always a surprise. And it's always like, because God's involved, it's always perfect and exactly what we needed right here and right now. There's no way we could have come up with that ourselves. So yeah, that wonder is going to be there. If, if I think the Scripture study together, not just study, but praying with Scripture together, mm-hmm. is a huge, perfect way to make that happen. Dave, before we let you go, just real quick, I have a question for you. You have nine children. Yeah. Where yeah. do you find the time to sit down with your wife to read the Gospel and then reflect yeah. on it? Before they wake up, or after they go to bed. Okay. And sometimes, every now and then, we can find it when they're, you know, the, the younger ones are taking a nap or something like that. Um, it's the younger ones that are the wild card. We can tell the big ones to get out. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's just something, it's something you got to fight for. You have to make and, time and for it. That yeah. Means sacrifice, yeah. That means sacrificing some sleep. It's very much worth it. Very good. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, when you get into the scriptures like that and have God at the center, you not only know what she's mm-hmm. thinking, but you also know what's in her heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And that's what exactly. makes it all complete. 
Well, thanks. Right. And just like I said, to see God interacting with that, there's nothing, there's nothing better. You're right, my brother. David Dawson, Jr., Director of Office of Parish Support in the Diocese of Home at Thibodeau. Hey, if you've got issues, go see this guy. He will help you out, I can assure you. And it'd be worth the drive from New Orleans or Baton Rouge, too. Uh, he, he's always got a few appointments available. <laughs> anyway, don't go too far. We've got more coming your way on Wake Up. It is 45 after the hour. It's 12 minutes before the hour. Thanks for tuning your heart to the truth on Catholic Community Radio. Hey, be sure and save the date starting Monday, March 6th through Friday, March 10th. We are having our uh, three times a year, I think we do it, drive mm-hmm. time. And that's our on-air pledge drive. This time we are not interrupting your regular programming. You'll still catch your favorite shows. We'll just have uh, some messages from our friends, like the one you just heard from Sister Dulce Maria, uh, and some fun along the way. So be sure to tune in. We'll be um, on the air from 7 a.m. through the whole day, right? Yeah. 7 p.m. 7 p.m. So, so be sure to tune in next week. We are joined this morning by Thomas Maver. He is a faculty formation and English instructor at Brother Martin High School in New Orleans. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning. It's wonderful to have you with us this morning uh, to share some of the great things happening at Brother Martin High School in New Orleans. Uh, let's start with the Joy of the Resurrection Essay Contest. Yes. So several years ago, uh, we decided that it would be a great opportunity to uh, provide students, uh, middle school students, uh, fifth, sixth, and seventh graders, an opportunity to express their faith. Um, and to turn it into um, not only a religious uh, moment or a spiritual moment, but also a moment of, of writing and expression. We know that a lot of times um, something like our spirituality is hard to put into words, and we often don't know what we believe until we're asked to speak about it or write about it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the genesis of this um, essay contest, and it's open to any student in 5th, 6th, or 7th grade at the Catholic elementary schools, or any student really who wants to be involved, um, students who are homeschooled or students who are Catholic who are in private or public or charter schools are invited to um, enter their expression. Okay. Now, Thomas, is are these 5th, uh, 6th, and 7th grade students only in the Archdiocese? We, so far, we've, we've just promoted it to the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Okay. Um, through through the Catholic Church parishes and through the Catholic schools, yes. Okay, okay, great. So it's for 5th, 6th, and 7th grade. The topic is the joy of the resurrection. Um, it is a contest. This is just the third year, is that right, Thomas? Correct, it is. It is the third year. We knew that there was a lot of attention um, focused on art and writing um, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so we decided what um, other glorious uh, holiday do we have in our church calendar, that would be a focus for this kind of spiritual reflection and expression, and uh, we chose the joy of the resurrection linked to Easter, of course. This uh, is the third topic every year. The topic changes a little bit. The first year, 2021, was the joy of the resurrection, the actual Easter Sunday resurrection. Last year, 2022, uh, the focus was on the call to discipleship. We know that when Jesus comes back, He's with his apostles and his disciples for a short while, but then he sends them out to do um, his work. And this year, our focus is on Psalm 104, 
Uh, Lord, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. Again, um, with a focus on how the Holy Spirit works within our lives and how we can be um, promoters of the Holy Spirit in our actions. Wow, wow. And then how does Easter renew the face of the earth? Now, talk about how, how you came to uh, decide on this, this group of, uh, of students, 5th, 6th, and 7th. Uh, this can be a really deep topic, I'm thinking, for 5th graders. What, how did you uh, decide on the resurrection and that joy and, and the importance of really having 5th, 6th, and 7th graders think about this, dive in a little deeper in it? Well, sure. Just a little bit of a background. I mean, at the high school level, we're, we're preparing students for college writing. And so there's, uh, so, you know, obviously in the English curriculum, it's something we do on, on a daily basis. And we have a program at Brother Martin for sophomores called the Sophomore Writing Assessment, in which they have to produce an argumentative essay. And it's usually on like a social topic, for example. Um, and it has to meet certain criteria for them to kind of move to the junior level. We've uh, been told by college admissions uh, officers uh, that writing is one of the skills that they wish mm -hmm. their yeah. rising freshmen would have more um, efficiency and efficacy with. So we just decided uh, how could we maybe at the high school level pull that down to the middle school level. In other words, we're a, high school, we're a college prep school, so how could we create an opportunity for students at the middle school level to maybe sharpen their writing skills and then to do so through a topic that is part of our mission in promoting Catholic, um, you know, Catholic history, Catholic spirituality, Catholic teaching. So that's how we kind of decided to focus on the, the middle school students for, to prepare them for high school writing, just like we at Mother Martin High School prepare our students for college writing. That's awesome. So this is the Joy of the Resurrection Essay Contest uh, that is hosted by or sponsored by Brother Martin High School in New Orleans. It's open to 5th, uh, 6th, and 7th graders in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Um, and tell us about the judging, and I'm guessing there are some prizes, Thomas. Yes, yes. So the judging, uh, what happens is all the entries come in, and, and uh, typically teachers have been sending entries in, but individual students or parents can send an entry in. They can do it either by you know print mail through the postal system, or they could do it electronically. Uh, and we have a date, a due date, and that's Monday, April 17th. Uh, we need to receive those by 3.15 in the afternoon, whether it's a print copy or an email copy. And then what I do is I remove all the identifying information from the um, essay. So I'll remove the name of the student. I'll remove the name of the school. Um, I leave the grade level on because that helps the judges kind of know, right, you know, what mm -hmm. fifth grade or sixth or eighth or seventh grade writing might look like. And typically we have three of our faculty members. Um, usually they are either in the religion department or in the English department. We actually have one faculty member who's served in both departments, and so they are given all of the essays to kind of rank, and they uh, choose the first, second, and third for each of those grade levels. We do award a prize um, for the female writer as well as for the male writer, and the prize is um, usually uh, a gift card to a local ice cream place, a bookstore, nice. a coffee nice. shop, something local that the student and his parents can go get a little treat uh, as recognition. We print a certificate, and in the last couple of years, um, 
we give the schools the option of actually if they would like us to go to the school to present the certificate and present the prize, we can do that. Um, several schools have taken us up on that opportunity, which has been awesome for us and for the young people who are the winners. Um, other schools, we will mail the certificates, and then sometimes they present them to the student at, you know, at an assembly uh, of their choosing. Okay, great. We're visiting with Thomas Maver. He's with Brother Martin High School in New Orleans. We're talking about the Joy of the Resurrection essay contest. Thomas, let our listeners know where they can go to find all the guidelines and the entry information for this essay contest in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Yes, yes. So we are about ready to post it on our website, which is brothermartin.com. It might be a day or two. Uh, We just sent out emails to the uh, principals of the Catholic elementary schools in the Archdiocese. So I would say by Monday, and I apologize that we don't have it up yet, uh, but if you go to brothermartin.com on our main homepage in the story section, you know, you might have to scroll down past a current story. There will be information um, about the essay contest, the questions, the topic, the due dates, and then where you can contact um, people if you have any questions about it. Thank you so much, Thomas, for joining joining us. That's brothermartin.com. Wishing you a blessed Lent. Thank you. You too. I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. All right. Well, it's Thursday, folks, and time to pray in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, help me to understand that prayer and detachment from material things are necessary means for overcoming temptation. Help me remember that you overcame temptation in order to teach us all how we can overcome it as well. Help me to stay vigilant and united to you through prayer throughout my day. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful Thursday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.